Stu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, you know, I think I'd like to start off by uh, maybe just having you kind of introduce yourself and give us your background and, and talk a little bit about where you come from and, uh, and, and, and how you ended up in this, uh, in, in, in the por- performance psychology field. Wow, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I grew up uh, in, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which um, I guess is is the it's the it's the state capital, but it's it's the small city in between Philly and Pittsburgh. So, um, so ended up um, it's a big sports town. Uh, my family owned a sporting goods business, so literally grew up in in sports and and just playing sports uh whether it be you know on teams or just in the neighborhood or playground um basketball and soccer were my were my passions and and just really fell in love with everything that had to do um to had to do with sport really um and and that included everything from the business aspect that my you know from my family business to to seeing how far i could you know how far I could take it. Um, so that was kind of the the starting point, and the the journey to become a sports psychologist really um, actually originated in in high school. My my high school basketball coach um, had us do clinics in in the uh, on you know before our Saturday morning practices for the for the younger kids in the in the school district and really started to enjoy like i just enjoyed coaching um and and being being somebody that the younger players could could come to and talk to and and learn from and and i just started to really enjoy it um and and so that was kind of the one part of it and then the other part was that he handed us a a, a copy of a magazine article um that was on imagery and how to use your mind to create an image of success. Um, this might have been my junior year, and I really found it super interesting. And but you know, one of the things that I noticed was the guy that wrote the article had a PhD behind his name. And at that point in my life, um, you know, I was way into way into my my sports, way into my social world, not that into my education. So thought well, I'm never going to be able to get a PhD. So (laughs) maybe this won't be, maybe this won't be me. But ultimately, um, a couple years after college, um, ended up deciding that, um, because I I was ended up being a business major, um, and decided I I actually didn't want to didn't want to do that and wanted to go back to school and wanted to coach um, and thought I would get a degree in education. And be a high school coach and and that's what I was going to do. Um, but it turned out I didn't have a subject that I really wanted to teach. So what I realized what what I wanted to teach was life. And so decided to get a master's degree in counseling. And I was going to be uh, a school counselor and a coach. And that is the path that I took. Um, did that started coaching and as i was coaching realized how much i was using a lot of my counseling um education in my coaching really started to gain a passion in the psychology of of my teams and my athletes that i worked with um felt like i i did a pretty nice job with it and 
that led me to saying, you know what, this is something I, I may want to pursue um, for real. Oh, cool. And so that's kind of, you know, the the pathway. And then, you know, so I did start to dabble in it, um, dabble in it, meaning that I started to work um, with some some local area athletes and, and some local area teams. And and then I was really getting into it. And my wife actually finally said, you know, basically she was tired of me talking about it and basically said either <laughs> either either go for it or, or quit bothering me with it and, and said, if you want to get your doctorate, let's let's commit to it and do it. Um, and that's what we did. Um, so about, uh, I guess, a little bit over nine years ago now, um, I decided to to go back to school and get my um, doctorate in performance psychology. Awesome. So now you have a company uh, called Well Performance. And um, can you explain a little bit about what you do there? Yes. Um, So basically, it started off again, like I said, all I wanted to do was, you know, was to now work with with some athletes, some teams and and just directly one on one work was was going to be great. And that's how it started off. But now it's grown to, um, you know, I work, um, you know, professionally in the WNBA. I work with about four or five Division One college programs. I work with lo- local area pros from MLS, uh, soccer. Um, and I still do have some, some local, you know, clients that are high school aged or middle school age. And actually now clients from all over the country um, that can just call me via FaceTime. Um, some of them might be high school aged athletes, some are college age athletes. Um, and it really grew though f- from there. So that's what we're doing every now and again, we do some, some corporate based work, um, sales teams or, or management teams like, like this as well. Um, I created an, an app, uh, that's in the app store. I have an online training program now. Um, and when I think about it, if I was just, I, I would be absolutely lying to tell you that, that I had this vision of what this was going to become. All I wanted to do was help a few athletes uh, with the mental aspect of performance. And it's all just kind of over the years um, grown uh, and, and just presented itself and, and something would just make sense. And we'd say, OK, let's go after it. And that's that's kind of how we got here. Yeah, cool. Do you, you know, for those people out there listening who I mean, eat, I'm somewhat familiar with performance psychology, but, uh, you know, I I think there's still quite a few people out there that probably uh, are a little bit in the dark there. Can can you um, can you explain a little bit about what performance psychology actually means and and what it all entails? Yeah, I agree with you. I think a, a lot of people are still up in the air a little bit around you know how to define it and you know and, and one of the things when when i do a talk for a new team or program is i often say i'm going to tell you what we're going to do today but i'm also going to tell you what i am not and and what i am not is a motivational speaker um and i think sometimes motivational speaking even gets um lumped into that means you're a mental skills coach and 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 i always say i hope that what i say may motivate you but the goal is not to be a motivational speaker. And so sometimes we get caught up in thinking that somebody that's super positive um, or just, you know, real rah-rah is, is 
is psycho you know performance psychology and and certainly it's probably way better um environment than than to be you know <laughs> super negative and, and hurtful but it but that's not performance psychology and what i would say is that the difference is is that a, a performance psychologist will be trained in um honestly a lot of the clinical aspects of anxiety depression and you know uh, bipolar you name it um and then also in the techniques of how do you establish uh, a a working relationship with um with your individual client and we understand the brain so what does the brain do under stress and pressure and and it's not um random really the brain has very specific functions and so we start to really understand that and we try to teach that to the teams and athletes that we work with so that they understand it and the more that you understand about your brain the more now you're saying okay i get why i do this and then the big piece is now what do i do with it what do i do once these right. things start to happen that start to get in the way of my performance and so i always try to say that um you know, and, and I'm admitting that my own profession sometimes I think is guilty of this, but certainly I think from a coaching perspective and a teaching perspective and a, even parent perspective, and by the way, I'm all those, so I'm okay to, to also criticize myself in this, is that we too often talk about the what young people should do mentally, and we don't really understand to tell them how to do it. So sometimes we tell them, you need to get over the last mistake you need to get over that last missed shot you need to put it behind you you need to get over the last loss that you had the last bad game forget about it put it in the past and it sounds really good as if we've given them something really good to to work with and and what i can tell you is the athlete is then stuck especially the young athlete is then stuck with but how do i do this like yeah. that's not an easy thing how do i do that and and it's and I keep thinking about it, and so where we've messed up is that we give them the what, but not the how. Mm -hmm. and, and what I hope to do with the teams and athletes that I work with is give them the how, because that's yeah. the important part. Yeah, are are you able to? You know, I, I mean, I, I understand it's probably a, a pretty detailed, pretty complex conversation, or or probably many many conversations, and this is what people pay you for, and and, and there's a reason for it, but. Are you able to kind of uh, briefly describe that how or, or some of the techniques that you guys absolutely. use or, or, or that you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, um, you know, it is super, super complicated, but I can I can lay out the um, the framework for it. When I say super complicated, really, it's not that I shouldn't call it complicated. What I should say is it it takes a bit. It's like work, right? right you know, practice, to, right? to become a great shooter. You know, we could have Steph Curry come in and talk to a group for a half hour, 45 minutes. And, and, and you know, they're going to be introduced to some great stuff. But but to become a great shooter, you have to put in the hours yeah. and not just the hours, Absolutely. But, the, but, the, but the correct hours. Right. The, the, the fundamentally correct hours in order to become that great shooter. And the mind's like that. But here's here's what I tell every last group, every last team and, and individual that I talk to is that at the brain's core the core function of the brain is survival so that the survival instinct is the most powerful instinct that we have and so if you think about our evolution the prehistoric 
human uh survival literally meant food shelter water um you know protection from from predators fast forward to the modern era um when it comes to athletes what it really looks like is am i thriving or am i not thriving and when i'm not thriving when i'm not starting when i'm not getting statistics um when when i'm not getting recognized noticed um, all those things can send a signal to the brain i'm not thriving something's wrong there's there's something dangerous here and so it it triggers our survival instinct our fight or flight and fight or flight goes off in our brain and now we're battling that and and so i always talk about that's reactivity meaning that we're reactive to the mm -hmm. event that happened the missed shot the bad game the multiple missed shots the turnover the missed foul shot late the you know getting you know not, no longer in the starting lineup not getting the minutes i wanted what whatever right all those things that any athlete that's ever competed at some point has faced and and they trigger reactivity and that reactivity is all in in this in this part of the brain not all in the, in the solely in this place but there's a, a very specific specific part of the brain um called the amygdala that's um that's that's what it does it sends these signals it picks up on what's going on what's the danger and how do i how do i get out of it basically but it's super reactive and super emotional and what what we're trying to do is teach athletes that's what's going on that's what's firing at that moment but then there's another part of the brain that's and and so the before i jump to that part the the amygdala is is um without there is no conscious need to to trigger it it triggers on its own you don't have to say hey what's going on here it just goes and it gives us the signals but another part of the brain the prefrontal cortex um is designed for rational thought and and for decision making and facts and that part of the brain however takes some uh conscious effort to kind of get into and that's the part of the brain that we would say responds to situations so the reality is what we're trying to do is move from reaction to response so when you miss a shot or you have a bad turnover you have a bad game the natural and in fact almost you can't do anything about is the reactive feeling the emotional feeling of disappointment whatever whatever emotion that that it kind of brings up in you and so i i allow for the athletes that i work with to understand don't even worry about that like it is there it's going to be there why wouldn't it be there we want to win games we want to perform we want to do well what we're trying to do is say how quickly though can we move from that reactive state to the responsive state because the responsive state is now where we're going to choose the way we're going to focus our attention so what can we focus on our, our attention on post whatever the event was that triggered us and and that takes that's when i said it's complicated that's where the real work comes in right and and what you know what kind of techniques um, are, are, are used to, to create a response rather than a reaction? I mean, are you talking about kind of like breath work and, and that sort of stuff, like relaxation techniques or what kind of, yeah. what kind of things are you yeah. talking about there? 
Yeah, I'm a massive believer. I know it sounds ridiculous, but um, in in learning how to use deep breathing, uh, when I say ridiculous only because it sounds so simplistic, um, however, it's not, and it's not used very often uh, or certainly enough. Um, I teach a technique called 617 breathing, which is just a inhale through the nose for a count of six and then a pause for one uh, and then a full exhale for a count of seven through the mouth. And so that absolutely is part of the process. Um, I also absolutely recommend for everyone and anyone, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, whether you're a parent, a uh, working professional, um, how to use mindfulness uh, techniques. Um, are you familiar with mindfulness? Yes, I am. But uh, feel free to explain for, uh, I, you know, I, I'm big into the mindfulness, the meditation, the breathing, that, that sort awesome. of stuff. And unfortunately, I got into it post my basketball career uh, because I think uh, it, it could have really helped me as a basketball player because I especially early on I was what uh, a lot of coaches might describe as a head case you know where I miss one shot and I absolutely freak out and you know get so down on myself that it starts affecting my play I mean I, I, I could have used this times times a hundred <laughs> okay so let's uh, and, and you and a million others, by the right. way. I mean, and, and I want to say one of the things that I attempt to do is to normalize. Like what you just said actually is, um, man, I can't tell you how typical that is. And, and you would be surprised how many athletes that you watch that you think, wow, they seem to, to bounce back quick or they seem to, you know, they're just great. Whatever, whatever way that you would describe them and behind the scenes however they're exactly what you're saying they're battling those mm. same things um you know and sometimes they just come through some you know sometimes not or they get you know whatever uh but until they get the the these skills like you just mentioned um they're they're struggling with it too so mindfulness to me is literally the ability to trigger be or toggle i should say from the reactive state to the responsive state and so what do i mean by that so if you try to still your mind to the present to the just what's happening right here right now what we find is is that the mind wants to jump to the past or the future all the time almost constantly and it's always looking for, well, what, what just happened and, and starts to think about it and, and get consumed by it or what could happen? What's the potential thing that could happen? And it rarely is able to stay here and now in the present. And, and, and do, 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 just to interrupt real quick, do we know why that is? Yes. So here's going back to kind of what I was saying before about that, um, that survival instinct, the brain's hardwired to pick up on safety. So most of the time we are either caught in what was the last thing that didn't work out well so that we try to prevent it from happening, or we're trying to head off the next potential thing from happening. So the, the mind is really designed to be in this protective state almost all the time. And so from an athlete perspective, the re going back to your example of your, your missed shot and then what you would start to do is the other part of it is 
that the brain have you ever heard this phrase that what fires to, together wires together i have not but i'm interested to hear your explanation <laughs> so basically your missed shot turned into missed shot means i you know and i'm, I'm throwing things out you could be more specific with it but it means i'm not good enough i'm not going to succeed i'm not going to win i'm not going to become what i'm supposed to become okay and so that's the firing missed shot that feeling then what unfortunately happens is that wires together meaning that not only did it fire together once twice three now it's going to be wired together meaning that the brain essentially is lazy now that you've created the pathway from the event to that feeling and those words and belief it is now wired and you cannot break that unless you're consciously aware of it and you act upon it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. And and is that the way to break it where you become conscious of it and then you use these techniques that you teach? Is that essentially what you're doing? You're teaching athletes the way to break the this this wiring, so to speak? Absolutely. So now take it back to mindfulness and, and uh, I'll I'll you know, real generically go through mindfulness and, and I'm probably going to do a disjustice an injustice because of the fact that it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's an awesome, wonderful practice, but it takes a little time. But, but essentially the goal in mindfulness is to focus on a single place of attention, whether that be your breath, whether that be body sensation, whether that be sound, those are typically the three single places of attention and try to really, be locked in and you know really experience whatever's happening right here right now and then as you can probably tell anybody that's listening your mind wanders off and it gets caught up in you know man i really wish i would have done that better earlier today or man you know i have this big uh, meeting later this afternoon how's that gonna go am i ready for it um or random like what am i gonna have for lunch later or dinner or what you know like it, it, it can go all these different places and then what mindfulness teaches is when you catch your mind wandered off to any of these places become aware of that and then bring it back to that place of attention without judgment without judging yourself for losing attention just bring it back and that process that i just explained begins the process of awareness and reshaping or refocusing attention now you're building new wiring at that point and and because you're Go, yeah, go yeah and, and, and is that so like, I'm, uh, is that kind of what you recommend if, if people come to you say, okay, well, let's start with, 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 with a mindfulness practice. I mean, so that um, these athletes can kind of have, I, I guess, that fundamental, so to speak, that uh, they can Absolutely. be aware of their thoughts and, and, and then I, I guess rewire accordingly once they, once they're able to, to be mindful and figure out, okay, I'm having this thought now, instead of reacting, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to respond to it appropriately. Absolutely. So at the core, uh, that the whole purpose of my, my app is, you know, I probably talk about the, the, the sessions, which I call mindset workouts. And because what, what, what is your app called? 
Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's called Doso, D-O-S-O, one word. It's in the App Store. And and they're about 10 to 12 minutes each, each session. Um, but I call them mindset workouts because it's really, it, you know how like when we talk about muscle memory and, and repetition of shot, let's say. And to me, this is the muscle memory of the mind. It's the wiring of learning how. So for you, when you when you use the example of yourself, what was happening is you would fall into that trap. It was a it was a habit, basically a mental habit at that point. And what you didn't have was a mechanism to become aware of it, which you may have even become aware of it, but you didn't know how to then refocus it. And basically what individuals need if they don't have a way out is that they need the next success in order to to get out of it so let's say you missed two shots three shots four shots in a row at that point you're and you tell me if this if you didn't have this experience you start hunting like i need you're chasing almost yeah, yeah. the next make I, and you're like i, 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 need, like, I needed that ball to go in the hoop <laughs> yeah or, or, and if it didn't like confidence is shot yeah. you know there is like you're 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 needing this outcome in order to to continue to feel good or to even get back to neutral and and what we're saying here is it's hard i'm not gonna lie this is a hard process but that you can take your attention from that last miss probably use a breath come back to the present and actually start to say, okay, what matters now? And for a shooter, it's, you know, how hard am I, you know, running off screens? Am I curling up? Are my hands ready? Is my, is my body, you know, ready? Um, am I, am I in that ready to shoot position or am I hesitating? Am I now coming off screens in a different way? Am I not catching to shoot, but catching to pass? Like those things begin to change as my mind changes on, how I'm feeling. Right. And so the goal for what we're teaching is those habits and behaviors that I mentioned of a, of a shooter when they're feeling good are you're able to, first of all, you control them. Like they're within your control, let's say now, whether the ball goes in is not, but, but the rest of it is within your control. Right. And can you, and how quickly you can get back to the habits and behaviors that lead to success don't guarantee success but that lead to success is how quickly you become back into that kind of strong positive place rather than potentially in a hesitant um contracted mind right right and so i mean w w you know w with mindfulness so so you're teaching that as kind of like that 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 base fundamental what other techniques are you using I mean, do, do, visualization and, and and other things like that or or, or is yep. it all just yep. kind of getting more in depth with the mindfulness as you go well so let i mean if i was going to walk through a, a, the typical typical practice the first number of sessions is probably based totally on helping the athlete understand the mind like i explained here and you know and the how where fight or flight and and how you know the the brain works under stress and pressure and just letting them get questions answered and getting comfortable with just understanding why they do what they do then getting specific with what they do right so each of us has 
different things that potentially trigger us into a place that that we become super reactive mm-hmm. and potentially go into a negative thought space. And so from a process standpoint, those things are going to be what takes up, um, you know, the, probably the first number of, of sessions. Then we'll probably start to introduce these techniques. And so mindfulness and, and breathing is going to be pretty early on for sure. Um, and, and then it will stay a part of it forever. As far as I'm concerned, um, as long it just like, it should be part of your daily practice from that point forward. Um, but then I also do something, um, with almost every athlete called, um, best self. And so I, so I start to ask them, what are the actions and behaviors that are within your control? So you could be up 30 or down 30. You can be hitting shots or missing shots. And these things are still within your control. And, and so these are very actionable behaviors that we're thinking about. So uh, what is your communication like? What's your energy level like? What's your body language look like? How are you connecting with your teammates? Um, how are you, um, again, how are you, you know, coming off screens? Uh, where are your hands? You know, all the different things um, that we attribute to to when you feel your best and, and when you know you're playing at your best. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And that's something we talk to our athletes a lot about is control what you can control. But uh, to your point, I think we could do a much better job of saying, okay, well, how? You know, how, 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 how do we control what we control? And, and, you know, what does that all look like? I think we could do probably a much better job with, with that. Yeah, and, and so let's take it a step further. So I've had players uh, in, in the past – um, really, really good, really, really smart, like you name it. And they want to battle me on what they control. And so I don't know if you caught, but I said, we don't control the ball going in. Mm-hmm. Right. We, and, and you know this, right. How many times have you had a shot where it comes out of your, comes off your fingertips and you're like, that felt perfect. Right. And it hits the back rim, bounces out. Mm-hmm. And there's probably been other times where you're like, Oh, and and the next thing you know it goes in Mm. right and so just because we do everything exactly right it does not mean that we are going to get the outcome that we want so one of the pieces is is really learning this this painful lesson really that we do not control outcomes we don't really even control what happens to us in life but if we take care of the habits and behaviors that we know most often lead to success, then we are putting ourselves in position to have that success more often than not. And that's really at the end of the day, pretty much as good as we can do. Yeah. I I love that. I, I I really like that. And, And that's one of the kind of life lessons that we're always talking about. Something that you can really learn from sports is like, you know, you control what you can control. It's like you said, the outcome might not be what you want it to be. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, as long as you control those things that you have control over, you know, you're going to put yourself in the best position to to possibly succeed. It doesn't guarantee it, uh, 
but 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 the best possible position and then and and, and that translates to off the court too i mean it, it's it, it's in my life every day right now you know and i think everyone's, absolutely yeah that's great it's um, life stuff right i mean that's the stuff if you if you follow that in life you're you know you're probably going to do okay yeah and you know what the cool thing is about about sports especially um you know you know if you are a competitive player at the youth level is that the main lessons you learn are mental lessons more than much more than physical lessons and and those mental because they're mental lessons you learn i mean that's obviously much more easy to uh to to, to translate later on when, when you're no longer playing basketball you're no longer playing whatever sport it is those mental lessons last a uh, very very long time throughout the rest of your life yeah i mean if you think about it that's the st- i mean the greatest of us i mean you the i mean let's let's look at lebron right now 33 i think how, how many more years can he play at that level and then at some point you have another 30 40 50 years left right and that's the best of the best most you know long before that are are done yeah and so so the the other parts uh, are the parts that are ultimately gonna gonna stay with you throughout a lot of other stuff yeah hey what what would you recommend for young players to to get started on on some sort of uh some sort of mental training um because yeah i I think i read on your website and, and i liked how you said it you said we uh, the mistake that most athletes make is that we overtrain our bodies and undertrain our mind. Um, I, I would 100% agree with that. It was true in my case, and it's true of most of the young athletes I see out there. So, what what would you recommend as like a starting point for a young athlete out there that 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 wants to get started on on the mental aspect? Um. So the, there's a couple of things that I think also go into that, right? Which is that especially early on, we are so hyper physical, right? Our, and, and I'm just thinking back to my own experience and, and I'm sure you can, can echo this. Early on, you just feel so good and so strong and, 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 and you can jump and you can move, like everything early it is about the physical at least it feels that way and so there aren't a ton of young people who are they're not they you know it's kind of like yeah, yeah 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 but but show me that you know crossover that's what i really want 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 to learn right because because we're so hyper physical so there so the quick answers to, to this would be first if you're if if it is a young athlete that says i really want to to get to this place um and i and believe me i didn't come on here to 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 promote my my app but i would say that that's such a great place to start because anything like it you know whether it's my my app or something similar which is learn because it teaches why we do what we do and so you understand the mind a little bit and then you start doing this real life skill, right? The real life skill of starting to, to get some control over where I give my attention. Because what we give our attention to is ultimately what grows. So if we give our attention to the misses, unfortunately, that's probably what's going to grow. Certainly from a feeling standpoint, that's what's going to start to grow, that, that hesitation and, and negativity. Um, or if we give our attention to what's next, well, you know, I'm going to come off the screen really strong and I'm going to have my hands ready and I'm not, you know, and, and 
and I'm going to keep talking to my teammates and I'm going to play great defense. And then those things become what grow. So, so first I would say something to that would be a great place for a young athlete to work, to yeah. start. And, and, and would you recommend that as a starting point for coaches and parents as well that are interested in teaching their young athlete um, about this or, or, or <laughs> kind of somewhat coaching their young athlete on it um yeah no i'm so i'm smiling i'm smiling right now kind of laughing because that's kind of the, the the second part of my answer is i actually believe at the youth level the greatest impact that we can have for young athletes is actually the adults right so what are we teaching <laughs> what are we saying how are we behaving now think about it Think how many coaches say that they want a calm and composed player that can handle the chaos at the end of a game or a bad call that goes against them, that you, you better be able to overcome that. Even young athletes, where we say that they should. And then we look over at the sideline and the parents are going crazy in the stands and the coach is screaming at the ref because it was a bad call. So we can say what we want about what we want them to be but our actions and our own ability to control ourselves and focus on what actually matters and what what we want to teach them is way off and Absolutely. so ultimately what we're teaching them is when a bad call happens freak out yeah act like we do <laughs> right mm -hmm. and so so ultimately, absolutely, I, I think that and, and, and it, the same impact can happen for the adult. You said it. You didn't come to learning about mindfulness and, pra and practicing it till post playing. But but hopefully it's impacting, you know, your career at this point. I don't know if you if you have kids, but if you're a parent, I, I guarantee I, I can tell you from my standpoint as a parent, it helps me with how I parent um, helps me professionally. Um, and then I can start to teach it, but you can't, you can't ask a young person to be mentally more composed than you. If you're the one that's freaking out and doing X, Y, and Z. Um, and then you're, then you're asking a young person who, who is not equipped, um, quite frankly, at that point, um, to be able to control their emotions. It's just, it's again it goes back to what we said at the start the 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 what is the easy part the how is the hard part <laughs> so if we if we want to get better we should get better first ourselves as the adults and then we can start to help the, the young people get better yeah absolutely i i agree 100 percent there and, and honestly like just that breathing technique that you described earlier in the show i mean could help our parents and our coaches so much when a ref makes a terrible call when you know a parent has a child that's not getting as much playing time as they might want you know use some of this breathing techniques to just calm down you know it, it, it's like you said respond don't don't just react from from whatever your brain is triggering you you, you know your, your first re your first reaction to be <laughs> yeah it's 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 a hundred i mean it's literally at the base of all of our ability to handle difficult so what we're talking about right now is literally the foundation of handling difficult situations yeah awesome hey well you know I, I think that's a good place to wrap it up um i don't want to take up too much of your time but you know on, on a final note where can people find you uh whether that's your website online or your social media you know where where would you like to direct anyone listening to this 
my website is um, wellperformancecoach.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Well Performance and on Instagram also at Well Performance. Um, and uh, my Facebook page is Well Performance Sports Psychology uh, Services. Awesome. Well, Stu, thanks so much for being on. We really appreciate it. And um, we will uh, we'll make sure we get your information out there. And, and if anyone has any questions, uh, they, they will uh, be able to email us and, and we will direct them to you. And uh, good luck with everything you're doing, man. Appreciate it, Brandon. It was great. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Thanks for having me.